page 15 of the Giro d'Italia Suragno to Bergamo, 195 kilometers. We get sunshine. We get a good race. I've given up on the GC guys. You know what? Screw those guys. I don't know. When they decide they want to race, we'll maybe be interested. But until then, we're just doing the um, the breakaways. And we had a breakaway today. We had this, By the way, this is the town that um, finishes for Lombardia. Lombardia. <laughs> Classica Lombardia, one of the, the classics. Um, so it, remember, Remco had crashed here a few years ago. Uh, anyway, it comes into this great town of Bergamo with some little pitchy stuff near the end. Exciting. And we finally got some of that today. Uh, something interesting, at least to watch. And for me, an American, you had, you had a, a battle royale that came in. Uh, so starting the day, 195 kilometers, we had uh, Bruno Amarel in the uh, leader's jersey. Jonathan Milan in the Sprinters jersey, Davide Baiz in the KOM jersey, and Zhao Mita wearing the young uh, leaders jersey um, for, you know, he's, he's a young guy. Uh, so let's just go off with the, uh, with the race. Let's see what we have, 195 kilometers. Uh, they do the little route, this little thing. It looks like they lit a match, and it shows it all through this topography. Um, did we get? There we go. There's kind of, there's the route. So we get. Climb, 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 and another climb, and then a pitch near the end here. Um, are we going to get anything out of this? Maybe. Uh, so going in here early on, you get a break uh, immediately, 180 kilometers to go, already 10 kilometers in. Uh, they kind of maybe have missed it here. But by this point, the break is already uh, 84, they say, uh, kilometers up the road. There's a break already going. Um, I think we can get the composition there. Ben Healy, first of all, 180K to go. He sends out himself with Velasco. Uh, there's another group behind, 24-second Ballerini, Pasqualon, Bedard, Gavazzi, Bonifazio, Huiz, Berwick. I mean, we saw Sebastian Berwick. Uh, remember, Primatech, Primatech, Israel Primatech. They're still trying to get their guy. Frigo, he's also with Primatech. Rojas, he just won the other day. Uh, Danese, Balcomolama, uh, Brandon McNulty, um, and Albanese, and then a little bit behind Rubio. Uh, oh, Rojas didn't win. Rubio did. Rubio and Marco Lucy. Uh, and then they got three minutes on the pack there, but by 80-some kilometers to go, they've already they've already got six minutes up the road. For the most part, I mean, look, th this, this is a big composition. The GC group behind isn't doing much. There, there's some weirdness um, with KOMs. I mean, Davide Baez is up there. He and his brother have been getting up in the fix. The, the big news is, I think, you've got actually good weather. Okay? So we're finally getting... The Giro, we're getting good weather. I'm going to stop complaining about all this stuff. I'm going to play a clip a little bit after we review the stage. I'm going to play a clip of Chris Horner talking about Garrett Thomas and some of the guys on GCN. I really feel like he's not a fan of GCN. Maybe there was a negotiation thing that didn't work out there. Uh, but he does pick them apart. Chris, Chris Borden picks them apart a lot. I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, he did take a, a, an exception to them. He did a whole breakdown of why they're wrong about a few things and... You know, I don't know if he called them knuckleheads, but it was pretty scathing and kind of like some of their stupid takes. I agree. I, Chris is a good, uh, by the way, I think his show, the, the, the butterfly effect or whatever it is, is one of the best analysis of a stage race or any kind of race. He breaks that down usually 20, 30 minutes and he does a great job of picking apart and he does a process video. I come in here, I do these live. I try to do my snippets. I say a lot of times I'm watching, I do mine and then I listen and watch his after the fact. And uh, we've got some similarities. He sees things I don't, but whatever. But uh, and so, uh, I'm am I am I bragging about that, or is Chris taking and watching me and then doing his show? I don't know. 
the point is we we <laughs> tend to agree a lot. He knows a lot more than me though on some of these things. Uh, anyway, uh, Bonifacio. Uh, I don't know what's happening with him, but uh, as the guy that instigated the initial break, you know, 180 some 10k into the thing, Healy is going to be a problem. Okay, he he's going for these KOMs too with uh, Rojas. Uh, they're bumping and grinding a little bit. They they do some fist bumping afterwards, so it's uh, it doesn't look to be too detrimental. Um, anyway, the, the the break for the most part stays all out there until you get and, and here you go. Here's here's one of the things where the guys are bumping and grinding. Um, let's get 45. Okay. So we finally get, um, 30 some K that's where the big climb is the last one, uh, before the finish, uh, Brandon McNulty takes off with Frigo and you've got Ben Healy there. And, uh, Ben Healy is actually back with Rojas, I believe who member had won uh, a few days ago. Uh, and he's waiting for Rojas to pull him up to McNulty. Cause the group is kind of there and McNulty just kind of rides off and looks and good. And now McNulty doesn't have a huge kick. He's a guy that we've seen that can grind, that can climb great. Uh, remember last year's tour, he destroyed the field for his uh, his leader, uh, Pugachar, in one stage. The very next stage, I think it was like 18, he did that stage. I think it was like 19 or 16, 17, 18, somewhere in those range. It was the last mountain stage. Then Sepp Kuss decided he's going to be the man. He destroys the field. So it was pretty cool to see two American greats. Uh, young riders uh, destroying, you know, the, the the climbing field for the. Now he's got his chance here. He's got Jao Almeida, but Brandon McNulty has been trying to get in some rides and some breaks. It hasn't happened. He was kind of under the weather. He can time trial good. He's a guy that's kind of had. Um, is he going to be a GC guy for us? Maybe. Maybe we'll see that. The point is, he's no slouch when it comes to climbing. So. Uh, if he's on form, this was a day that you're like, hey, he, it can happen. So Frigo gets on his wheel. Ben Healy lets his gap open, does a big effort to get up there. Okay. They still, by the time Ben Healy catches up to him, which he does, they still have about 5k to go to the top of this climb. Now you look here, you know, I'm clicking through here. This is several kilometers that has taken Ben Healy. And by the way, the GC field behind nothing. Um, Rojas back here, he's, he's peddling away, but he's not the climber. You know, Ben Healy has a bit of a punch to him. And so uh, Frigo and McNulty are still doing their thing. The GC is spread across the road. They're not interested. Okay. Now you're uh, Ben Healy finally catches them. And what he does is then he attacks. Now you've got some, some issues. There's a little attack and you can see it. Uh, McNulty catches and then McNulty the snaps and Ben. Well, actually what happens is McNulty decides to attack at one point, gets rid of Frigo. Frigo they've gotten rid of a few times. Keep that in mind. Cause that's kind of a continuing thing here. Uh, and, and then right after they get rid of Frigo, Ben Healy says, screw this, I'm off. And he attacks pretty hard. Now, Ben Healy has a kick to him. Okay. Um, and we've seen this, he's that spidey little climber and he's got an, a, a, and, and McNulty's more of a diesel. So when Ben Healy attacks, there's always going to be this gap, but then what's going to happen for the rest of the climb? Like I said, McNulty is no slouch when it comes to climbing. And as long as he rides within himself, I mean, the dude can motor uphill, so he's no, he's, he's, he's a pretty good solid rider. He's a bit of a diesel. He's not super diesel, but he's kind of that intermediate. He could jump to these guys a little bit and we'll, we'll get to some of that later. The point is by the time they get up to the top of the climb, he had maybe been, you know, 20, 30 seconds or so off a of Healy right away. And then he closes it, closes it down to when they come over the top of this climb, he's right on him. You know, you've got 30 K to go and uh, he ends up catching him down on the descent. So you've got Ben Healy, you've got 
McNulty. They've got 20 some K to go to the finish. It's a downhill. There's going to be a pop-up with the last five K to go and they have free go distance. And you're like a oh, good, I mean, one, uh, you can see when Frigo had the legs, he can jump with Healy. He's as far as the jump goes, you've got Healy. He's the best, especially initially. Uh, got the little more of a quick jump to him. And then you've got Frigo. Looks like he can jump a little better than McNulty. And then McNulty is a little bit more of, the, like I said, the diesel type. So with that in mind, it's probably best for McNulty to only have to fight it out with uh, Healy rather than Healy and Frigo and get some of the confusion in the mix. But. Um, they're, they're just cruising down the, the, the road and the descent, according to Yun's voice, he said it was a little windy. So you got to be on the pedals the whole time. Ben Healy did a lot of the work coming down the descent to get to the bottom. Brandon McNulty starts turning and these two riders, uh, are, are doing fine. Now they're not unloading because they're not going to be caught by the Peloton. It's not going to be the, um, DeMarkey, uh, Simon Clark issue where they're, they're caught at the line. That's not the problem. The problem might be that Frigo comes back and spoils it. Now they've been able to get rid of him. So you figure that he's not the strongest one. Uh, and if they do have this last little climb here at the end, so eventually Frigo, uh, these guys are going pretty good, but Frigo ends up bringing them back in Uh 7.2 to K to go. Uh, there's a little move off the front here by Brandon. He gets a little gap, looks back and these guys aren't there. And so he says, okay, I'm all in. And Brandon does a big attack. Now with this, this was probably good because his attack was more like he kind of motored. He had a gap. He did a few little sprints and then he just sat down and motored away. What happened was Healy realizes, oh, look, I've got to bring this back. Frigo's maybe the, the, the weaker link. So he jumps hard and he tries to, and, and that's what you do. If you have a kick uh, and you're, you know, you don't want to necessarily be out there just two you guys dueling it away on the time trial. You want to bring him back. You bring him back as quick as you can. You get up, you know, you're, you're sprinting uh, as long as you could get across to him. And that's what Healy does. He brings Frigo though with him. So um, he comes and then Frigo makes a little move. And tries and, and tries to go right through them. Uh, as far as uh, and McNulty does a pretty good job of getting back to them quick. So the three of them, they're together again, all fine and dandy. They come back uh, with the last five k here that has a pretty steep little pitch into Bergamo, and Ben Healy immediately uh, rockets to the front. This time though, it's short, and you can see uh, at this point. I'm first of all, I'm saying um, Ben Healy's got the better kick. Uh, Frigo once again has a as a middle kick there as far as the sprint goes and um mcnulty is the least one but the more the attrition sets in the more that they'll start to equal themselves out and matter of fact it might start going to the mid guy because that kick isn't going to be as important so we saw healy who can who rode away from him on the big long climb tries to do that here and he kicks over and over on this short climb uh, and the whole way up, uh, marking him every step of the way, right? In, never a gap between was uh, McNulty. They come over the top. They have a decent gap on Frigo. Now, three mi three point and so kilometers to go. They come over the top, and they're they're going to come down. It's a several kilometers of just kind of downhill, but not super steep. So there, you do have to put your feet on the pedals. So what's the tactics here? Okay, McNulty just sits on. Ben Healy's wheel. And I think that's, that's perfectly fine. You're, you're playing a gamble. One is uh, the gamble of Frigo catching you from behind. He might have a better kick than you, but you've been dropping him on the climb. You've been dropping him on the climb. And now he's got to do the work to catch up to you. So he's, he's no Nico Dens who drilled it. Remember yesterday, he drilled it like crazy in the last one and a half, two kilometers, catches those guys 600 meters to go jumps on the train and then out kicks him at the end. This is uh, Frigo's not been showing that, 
So the gamble is, okay, we, uh, I'm not going to, this is from McNulty's point of view, I'm not going to take to the front. Now, Healy, uh, he has the better kick, and maybe he does take to the front. He doesn't want to have to worry about these other guys behind. So he's, he's doing it, and McNulty forces Healy to lead all the way down till they come into the finish. And, and that 13-second gap, the 20-second gap that they had over the top of the climb, with the last 3.5 to go from Frigo, it drastically decloses, closes down. Frigo catches them. And when he catches them, I want to say about four, two, three, 400 meters from the line here, he tries to go right through them. And it's probably his best bet. I, I actually think the last, first of all, last 35 kilometers, uh, McNulty was spot on. There's nothing that he really put him put a foot wrong. Uh, Healy, same. These guys are all playing to their strength. Even Frigo, he's trying to do what he can because he's a little bit more limited than these two. So he's trying to do what he can to put himself in the best position to win. I think all of them did exactly what they had to. And in the end, what made that is the strongest guy actually gets the win which I'm, I'm pretty thrilled about in this situation. So Frigo hits them. He tries to go right through them, and he actually he creates enough of a gap where it looks like it could be problematic. Ben Healy tries to jump on his wheel, and there's a little bit of a gap there. And even coming down, you know, there's uh, Frigo's, I don't know what we got here, 100 meters less than that from the line. He starts to actually catch him. He, being Healy, starts to head out, and that's when you see Brandon McNulty uh, kick from the far right part of the road from his point of view. And, he, and Brandon McNulty uh, gets the post up, gets the win. Uh, pretty dramatic, uh, you know, bike length or so here. Definitely the guy that deserved the win. In this case, he was the strongest. And uh, thank you, Victor. Great videos on the Giro. Thank you. I appreciate you tuning in every day. Um, but I think uh, for me as an American, it was pretty cool. You got Brandon McNulty. They went, actually, I would have been fine however this played out. Okay, these guys, all, like I said, all three of them fought great. Look at this, this little... You know, there's no time difference between them at the finish here. Um, Healy, great. He did what he had to do, putting his uh, neck out there and, and riding to his best strengths. Uh, McNulty did what he had to do, riding to his best strengths. And Frigo fought uh, just as well. So I would have been happy with any of these guys. I was really glad to see Brandon get the win. Uh, I was also glad to see EF get there, uh, get up there in the mix. Uh, I, I'm looking for Prima Tech. They've been fighting really well to actually get um, uh, their, their due as well. So those are the guys. And then what happened with the GC? So get these guys coming in. It's perfectly uh, fine. The, the lead group, uh, as the GC riders coming up over the climb, they do drop Amarill, uh, but there's no real action. Uh, Jao Almeida does kind of hit over the top of the climb, but there's not much to it. And, and like I said, to start, I'm a little bored with the general classification. The, the in, the, tomorrow's a rest day. These guys aren't willing to put it in, and I say willing. I mean, I, I know they're they're doing their thing, but um, is it the, the the tour organizers that are making it so that this race is the way it is for the general classification, or is it the general classification riders themselves that are doing this? I think without Remco, uh, and he was just cocky enough to try to stick it to him all the time, and since he's not there, uh, maybe that's a problem. So they're they're too close together. I what are these guys going to come up to the? Um, the last, like I said, they're going to come up to Rome the last day and try to get time bonuses from each other. Um, kind of ridiculous. So uh, a little bit on the boring side there. Uh, but there we go. Brandon McNulty, Ben Healy, Marco Frigo, all in the same time. Baca Molima, 151 behind. I mean, those, once again, these three riders. Uh, ben Healy, taken off from the start. Very impressive. Good to see all these guys. Iger, uh, Reynoso, Reyes, he, uh, Rubio. Remember, he was uh, the winner a few days ago over Teobu Pino. 
Simon Velasquez, Andrea Pasqualon, uh, Luis Huiz, Vincenzo Albanese, and Francisco Bedard. That's your top 10 there. Do they give us a, a GC? Because I think, oh, nope. Well, I guess we'll just cut out on that one. I, I think I'll, um, uh, Bruno, I think he ended up staying up in the lead. So let's check the results. Uh, we already got those ones uh, going into, yep, Amaral, he kept it. He's still a minute up on Garrett Thomas. Jonathan Milan is still winning the points. The KOM still goes Davide Baez, uh, 144 to 116 for Rubio. Pino's at 114. Ben Healy, he moved up today. He's got 108. Uh, he moved up five places on that. Uh, youth, we're not changing that at all. And the teams goes to Bahrain with EF getting uh, second place there on the team classification. Um, let's just take a look here on GC, see if we can re see any riders moving up or down. Rubio went up, a few of these went up. Velasquez uh, down one to these because like Sepp and a few others. Um, trying to see if there's any. Derek G moved out. That's no big deal. Will Barton moved down as well. Kind of had a rough day after yesterday, it looks like. Um, nothing big on the general classification. Um, all finished. So, you know, better weather. Um, it's what happens. Okay, we'll come back to this, but I think for now let's go and play some. I want to. I want to play. I actually want to play this Chris Horner video here. This is him talking about uh, the stage. We'll just uh, here we go. Talk a little bit about yesterday, stage thirteen, when we're talking about that shortened stage. Okay, there was all kinds of drama, and it was Adam Hansen, that is the union rep for the European cyclist, that was given a bit of an interview earlier on the GCN channel. Now he said what. By the way, let me back this up because uh, I want you to see Orla Shinaway here in the in studio. Um, come on, why is it not doing it? For the European cyclist. I'll stop it. On that the, was there you go. Look at that. Uh, am I colorblind? Red socks, pink shirt. What's What craziness is that? Given a bit of an interview earlier on the GCN channel. Now, he said what was basically causing the problem is that the organizers are saying that they wanted an answer the night before. And then if you go all the way back to stage 10, really the riders wanted to shorten that stage too, but the organizers had them race. They went through that stage. By the way, the weather protocol requires it to be done. And that's what the, the, the race organizers are saying. They want it done the night before. That's, that's what the weather, cold weather protocol or whatever it is, protocol is for is to decide the day before. So, I mean, you got logistics for putting on a race, starts, finishes, towns, everything you've got. So that's part of that whole deal. And with that in mind, that didn't happen. They, they actually, you know, did it up the day, the day of, which that's the whole point is this, they're trying to avoid. Anyway, it was really cold. It was a spectacular stage finish and big time battles. And I was happy they did stage 10. Honestly, when we looked at yesterday, stage 13, and heard that it wasn't snowing over the top of the climb, that it was just wet, I think they should have raced yesterday, stage 13. But Adam Hansen, he says, the whole thing was is the organizers didn't want to change the stage last minute, and so they really wanted answers the night before. When they looked the night before, it was going to be freezing conditions at the top. So when all the riders talked to each other, they agreed that they would shorten the stage, and then the organizers won the last two climbs. Again, sitting up here on the butterfly effect, where it's warm and cozy, I'm saying, and throughout my career, 25 years of racing, I've never asked for a stage to be canceled because it was raining, if it was blowing hailstorms or something like that and snowing and your tires aren't going to hold traction because it's slippery and icy. Once it becomes icy, I think you need to change the course. Once it becomes wind that's going to blow you off the race, I think you need to change the course. If you're just going to be cold, well, I've been very, very cold throughout my career and I've still never asked for the stage to be canceled. Now, there's one more interview I want to bring up. It's from Garrett Thomas. There we go. And he starts talking about all the riders from the 80s and 90s who are making these comments saying, hey, you have to suffer through these stages. He's saying, well, we don't do those things that they did back in the 80s and 90s. So we're proud of that. So they can say whatever they want. 
Well, let me just remind Garrett Thomas that he rides for Team Scott. And when we're talking about the latest issues of having doping problems in the sport, Team Scott is always at the top of the list, right? So maybe Garrett Thomas, talking about the riders from the 80s and 90s, should look at his own team because his own directors driving the cars back there come from the 80s and 90s. And so when he says that, and Adam Blythe from GCN basically pats him on the back saying, what a great thing to say and great way to say it. I'm up here saying, ah, you're just living in a little bit different times, Garrett Thomas, because Team Sky, when we're talking about here in the earlier, later 2000s, you talk about 2012 and all that stuff, when all the problems started coming out, it was Team Sky when all the teams were changing the ways and Team Sky was doing all the little extra benefits that they can get out of it to have their riders riding the best they possibly could. So when Garen Thomas says this, then I see Robin McEwen talk about how he dropped the mic today. I'm here to stay up on the butterfly effect. I don't really appreciate that comment. Garen Thomas, with the, with the internet availability of the internet, it's changed the whole world of cycling, made doping a lot harder for riders to do, and the drug testing has gotten tons better. And so Garen Thomas, at this late point in time in his career, he doesn't have to make those decisions anymore because it's too much of a risk nowadays to really get into that deep doping that followed the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and certainly the sky days back there in the day because, you know, testosterone patches weren't just getting mailed all around Europe for no reason whatsoever. But whatever you want to say, Garen Thomas, I don't agree with it, and I don't agree with Adam Blythe saying what a fantastic way to say it, or Robin McEwen talking about how he dropped the mic here today. Either way. Okay. I, I just thought that was really interesting coming from Chris Horner. <laughs> it's Rider 13. I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Uh, but I do, I do like it. I, the, I like the boldness of just saying, coming out and, and, and saying <laughs> what you feel about all that. All right, let's do some interviews. And then uh, I've got, I've got stuff to do today. Hope you do as well. Then tomorrow we got a rest day. Um, let's start here just because I'm curious as to what happened to Eddie Dunbar yesterday. So maybe they'll talk about it uh, here. On the Morning. 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 That's Ed, Eddie, as an Irishman, you should go through the rain and the bad condition a bit better than the others. Or not so much. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's getting to a point now where everyone's sick of it. Um, as I said, some no one wants to race in this weather, but uh, it's just part part of the job sometimes. But uh, I just think some guys tolerate it better than others. Uh, today's a bit warmer. It's not going to be like yesterday, thankfully. Um, so yeah, as you said, just hopefully, um, yeah, just see what see what today holds. There's not much we can do really. It's out of our control. What happened yesterday at the, the end of the stage? We didn't see, but uh, at the beginning you were. Uh, ranked in the last position, so did you take the back of a teammate? Yeah, so it was just literally, I think it was 7k to go, I hit a hole and uh, just had a real, real puncture and um, it was quick thinking by Campbell, he just gave me his bike and uh, we were back up and running pretty quick. Uh, obviously a bit of confusing because I was on his bike and the transponder was on and we all had rain jackets on so our numbers weren't showing, so there was a bit of delay in the results. But uh, Okay, that's that's why I really wanted to hear from Eddie. Okay, that, that makes sense. So, uh, transponder, I said yesterday it looked like he had lost time. Uh, Primus Roglic oh, from the start. Eyes. Are you well awake? It's a early start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will be soon awake uh, in uh, half an hour when uh, when the race starts full up. Uh. Now I can afford not to be up. Uh. <laughs> what do you expect for today? It's like a classic. You already did Lombardy actually. Maybe not on this course to finishing uh, in Bergen, but you know the, the essence of these climbs. So what do you know? Uh, it's just super hard. Uh. I mean, it's, uh, it will be a big nah. fight and just a race uh, from the start till the finish. Uh. But you think it will be a race for the GC today? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the day before the race day, and uh, anyway, even parkour is so hard going up, going down. Uh, the the length and the, the tiredness over uh, over these uh, these days mm, it will be hard. And do you see yourself attacking today? <laughs> I mean, you always want to attack or to gain time, huh? but uh, yeah, uh, we see how the race uh, starts, how it goes, how how are my feelings, and uh, yeah, I hope I, I'm good. And just one last thing: how were your feelings the last day following the crash, following also the? Really bad weather. How did you feel? Yeah, I mean, for sure, uh, probably I would prefer to go on holidays for uh, for two weeks and recover. 
but uh, I'm here. I'm still here. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's positive, and uh, we do our best. Thank you. Thank you. What I find interesting there is Primoz Roglic uh, been injured. Evidently, there's a big hunk of him kind of missing. And I had said this about, uh, I think Roglic did it at the right time, taking on uh, Remco when he was injured. Like, you're injured, your your body's just not quite reacting. You saw that today with Sivakov where he got uh, crashed. And, and things just happen with your body. So, uh, you know, maybe trying to poke them a little bit. Um, and and Ineos didn't do that. So, okay. Um, good luck for them. Uh, ben Healy at the start. Now he was obviously in the break. So let's, uh, let's see if one of them things I, I never mind the rain, but uh, yeah, it's not something anyone enjoys, you know. So um, yeah, I, I can put up with it for a, a couple more days, maybe. Uh, well, if you want to see yourself as a favorite for today, let's get off course. Favorite for today. Well. Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of train I've had to success in the past, and I can definitely perform well on. But uh, yeah, it could be a nice day for the GC guys as well. So I think we really have to see uh, who's who's active in the in the start of the race. How how you will play it then? Because some riders say also it might be a DC day. Some some others say maybe not because it's 20, 20 kilometers kind of flat at the end, even if it's last line. How do you manage your your own game in that? Yeah, I mean, I think for, for us as a team, the number one priority is Hugh. And uh, yeah, we have to look after Hugh and make sure he's okay. And uh, yeah, I, hopefully the GC guys like maybe take it easy today, but I think with a rest day tomorrow, they're gonna go full gas. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to race aggressively and um, I'm free to take my own chance, but uh, yeah, the priority is uh, to Hugh, Hugh today. Okay, priority to Hugh. The last one we'll do here is, should be, there you go, Brandon McNulty, see what he has to say. Congratulations, Brandon. A great victory today in a very difficult stage. Uh, it sounded like a, some, a small uh, little number Yeah, it was a uh, really tough day all day. Um, the break went and yeah, I just had to push through and then for the final climb I didn't know how I'd come back and then came back and yeah, I played my cards well and yeah, it was a really good sprint. It was something like uh, an exercise of uh, resistance and resilience the final. Yeah, it was definitely a day of attrition. I mean, yeah, all day up and down, turns. So yeah, it was a really hard day and then in the final it was just down to the legs, I think. And then what about the, the next stages uh, next week? Uh, you will work for uh, Yeah, well, I think for sure we have to focus on the GC now. We'll take a rest day tomorrow and then yeah, assess everything. Yeah, yeah. first victory was a bit to not be dropped by Ben Healy in the last line. No? <laughs> yeah, he, he was super strong. He made it really, really difficult to get this. But yeah, in the end, it's always nice to win when it's when it's against someone that's so so strong. So it was, it was a really good battle, I think. From there, you knew you were the fastest in the sprint. Hey, sorry. From there, you knew you were the fastest in the sprint. You knew precisely how to play it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I saw the early races in the spring, you know, he got, Ben was always saying he's not the best sprinter, so in my mind I had that, I was thinking about this, and then also it's a bit downhill, so I think my, my size had an advantage as well, so yeah, I just had to had to be smart. You, you, you were sick, I think, a few days ago, and I'm pretty sure that you, you never gave up, you always believe that you could get it, and you get that victory. Yeah, 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 since the TT I was, I was definitely sick, and yeah, I've been on antibiotics the last four or five days, so it's not the best, but in the end I was able to come have, have a good day today. Your first stage win in the Grand Tour, just how big of a milestone is this for you personally? Uh, it's huge, yeah, I mean, that was my big goal of the year already, and then it's even more special just the way this Giro has been. It's been so hard, miserable, and, you know, sickness and everything, so it's, yeah, it's really special. Take this back to that final kilometer when uh, Vitali came back, were you worried about the outcome? Ah, I knew he would come with speed, but I was watching, and yeah, he came just in the right moment that Ben went on his wheel, and we came in the in the draft, and then I just came, was able to punch out right at 200, 200 meters to go or so, so it was, in the end it worked out well. <laughs> Having won the mini Lombardia, does this mean that you want to make a goal in the future of the, the, the real classic? Yeah, it's definitely a nice race. I've done it a few times, so it would be nice to, to do it, but it's also a different. Monuments are a bit different, so yeah, but maybe one day for sure. Chances are good for your leader in this race. He's in an excellent position, possibly to win the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, he looked good today from what I was able to see on the TV over, over there, but yeah, he's he's confident in everything, so yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be good. 
Just, just about Cambodia, maybe the first thing to try to get to win it is to convince that Apogash does not do it. He left you as a leader. Yeah, it's always, of course, true, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, I thought that was pretty funny. The guy's like, maybe the way to do, to win Lombardia is to convince Pogacar not to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not going to win it over Pogacar. Uh, good job, Brandon. Uh, once again, I, I if you just checking in this out, right? I, the the analysis I did, everyone the, those three riders coming in the last you know seven, eight, ten, twenty k was they they all did exactly what you should do for each one of those riders. I I, I mean, you just hope that you're you're the stronger one. Uh, but they played to their strength. Each one kind of did that. You know, the best thing uh, for Frigo to do when he catches them is try to catch them off guard and go through, which he did. And he was close to that. He was a gap. Best thing for Brandon is to sit on the wheel of Healy because he's got the bigger, uh, better punch and to let him lead it out. Like he said, he knew he, he said he wasn't the best sprinter. Okay. Also, the best thing for him to do is to have Frigo come flying through there and to take this cat and mouse out of play. Uh, by stringing it out and making Healy jump. That's exactly what happened. And, and Healy has to get up to him. And by the way, that's good for him too. Free goes up the road. You jump, you you stretched yourself to get there, and then you've got a little bit of a slingshot. So once again, I, I, I love the, the, I enjoyed it. I'm sure some people can complain about a few things these writers have done, but for 195K out being out there, I think they did good. Um, and it was enjoyable. And I especially think that because I am happy that, uh, that Brandon won. So um, yeah, there we go. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's a rest day. And then we're going to go. Um, that's stage 15. We've talked about this before. Stage 16. Okay. Oh, there we go. Stage 16. I, I mean, look, if the GC riders don't come out to play on Tuesday. Uh, I give up. <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday. Boy, this, this uh, Pro Cycling Stats website's loading like a piece of shit here. Uh, that's a downhill race. I don't know what the heck that's in there for. That's That, to me, seems horrible. Um, but anyway, that's we'll just keep going because it's not really loading here very well. 161 kilometers on... Uh, there we go. That should be another one. So we, we do have those coming up. All the riders should be enjoying this. Hope you guys do as well. See, so, uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to do a show tomorrow. It's a rest day. Unless something big comes out. Big news day, then we'll, we'll do something. Other than that, like, subscribe, share the show. See you, bye.